Hey, Brennan. Hey, Alan. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the companion podcast to Dice Over Everything, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right. Well, we're closing in on Adepticon, which means like, I don't know, maybe 50 days out. So I suppose we ought to be working on things. So how have you been cracking at any Adepticon projects or other such things? Two minutes. Cool. Well, I've been really good at trying to finish my projects that I wanted to finish before Adepticon, but not for Adepticon. Oh, okay. So, you know, things are progressing in the order they were before. Okay. Yes, basically. So uh, I had a bunch of orcs that I'm trying to finish, and I'm almost done them. So these these orcs, I threw them in a box. Uh, they're mega knobs. I uh, threw them in a box for, like, years now, and I've finally come around, maybe a year or two or something like that. So I've finally come around to finishing them up. And so once that's finished, uh, I will move on to a bunch of the uh, mini guys I think I mentioned that I did half before. Half-size guys, okay. Half-size 3D yeah, prints. Yeah, half-pints. Yeah, half-pint 3D prints, um, which I've all 3D printed just to finish all, uh, basically four of the factions for our Blood of Stars, so we can we can play that with the mini mini stuff. And then I've already started actually on the um, uh, what do you call it the um, Bakunin guys. All right, for yep. It's basically just whenever I have extra paint for my other stuff that is the right colors that I wanted to use, then I'll go and use them for that. Hmm. Okay. So I have stuff that's been in a box for like a year, and it's primed, but it's it, it's not in the queue. It gets pushed. It's been pushed back. I am working on painting <clears throat> Infinity for Adepticon, and I basically mm-hmm. airbrushed, like airbrush appreciated it, because I think on previous ones I've mentioned how I've been trying to make a faster painting process with using yeah. pre-shading or like yeah. underpainting if you're going to use real artist terms. So basically, uh-huh. I want them to be sort of dirty and blended, so I underpainted them sort of a dirty brown, then washed them just black, because, you know, blanchets, you black lines just straight up black, and then sprays yep. so like a sepia tone over top of that. So they've all been, like, pre-shaded. So, you know, if I miss some areas, nice. yeah, it looks painted. It's fine. Anyways, it looks even more blanchetsu if you miss the Exactly. Well. It already looks blanchetsu with no painting, so it's good. It's good. Okay. So you you feel like you're on time? No, I have to paint one a miniature every 1.8 days because there's a Rena Rex to paint too, which means I'm screwed because I don't paint at that speed. Wow. Yeah. All right. We'll All see. right. We'll down. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Down to what we're t- we're gonna talk about. So I have a question. Um, so you mentioned uh, specifically that we are going to uh, Gen Con, right? Adepticon? Uh, not Adepticon. Sorry, Adepticon. Yep. Uh. Is there anything specifically about, or what is the top thing at Adepticon that you are really pumped to do, see, or try out? Hmm. Five minutes. So now we're just like, this is an Adepticon pre-attendance pre, uh, where we're just like, oh, this is what we're going to hit. Man. I think it's mostly just seeing other people's stuff. Like, because because the painting case at Adepticon for the display amenities is all GW. I'm not super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, GW's been having hits lately, but I don't know if people are going to paint those things. So That's I'm more true. just excited to be, like, able to walk around all the halls and just see people's painted army projects. Like that's, Yes. I don't, I don't know. 
If people, people if painted armies while they're playing, that is, that is, I think, the coolest thing. There's just going to be so many different styles and paint jobs and stuff. And I don't. And last time we were doing so much stuff, I don't think we spent enough time just walking the halls and taking pictures. And I think that will be really fun. That would be really fun to do this time, taking a little bit more time. I don't think I really scheduled. I scheduled like three things. So the rest of the time is walking around, taking in the vibes and stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, it should be pretty good. Because yeah, there's games going on all day. And mm-hmm. Adepticon does have a fully painted policy, isn't it? Uh, I don't think so, but no. maybe so maybe just, people maybe do. Maybe it's the people they encourage people who run events to have a fully painted policy. Also, look, we'll look this How up would you? I there's feel no like way there's a fully painted about. policy. Is there? How do you even enforce that? There's so the hall's so big. If some people show up, like well, no, not that the event are okay enforcing it. it, but the tournament yeah. people. Maybe if there's like, okay, this is all gray. Yeah. This is no good. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure looking at the events. It, like the events we joined oh. before mentioned having stuff painted. You know what? Maybe there is a policy. Maybe Adepticon doesn't enforce it, but they say your event has to have a fully painted policy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if all events say you have to be fully painted, then, you know, I guess technically someone could show up and like and kind of be a jerk and not not have it fully painted and be like, oh, oops. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just recall that'd, that'd be so awesome though, because I don't remember seeing anything unpainted actually. Now that you mention it, yeah, I just recall hearing other people talking about Adepticon saying that Adepticon has that. I don't, I don't remember reading it myself on like Adepticon's terms mm. and conditions, because of course I read those when I clicked the agree button. No. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, that's good. That's so. That's so amazing. I wish we. Had- you know what? I guess it shouldn't be that that way for our tournaments and stuff like that. But it it is amazing, and everything looks so much better when everyone puts so much effort into the terrain and the painting and everything like that. So I'm 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 really glad that 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 kind of thing is there, and it also kind of encourages people just to get everything ready, and it makes it a bigger deal for people who don't generally paint when they go to Adepticon to put in a little bit more effort to make their things look awesome, and then when they go home and they play their play their games, all of their stuff is fully painted, and it looks great then too, until you know they buy the next box immediately <laughs> and start mm-hmm. playing with that as a blank until I guess the next Adepticon. Yeah, like there is the armies on parade thing for 40k, but I just. I don't know. Was, I find it. I find it more. That was pretty nice. It is pretty Honestly. nice, but people have to build like a whole display thing for it, yeah. which is just less time for people to paint their armies. Just like I said, <laughs> yeah. Like, people are awesome. playing. I love it. Have armies on the table all day, every day for some games. So you walk yeah. around the hall, and some new game is happening, and someone's put a new army on the the table. Just like even seeing yeah. people's like little stuff like Warcry and all that is still very yeah, cool. Yeah, there's some weird like, which is also cool. Uh, which I didn't really pay that much attention to, but for the for the 40k stuff, they have like a it's like is the team tournament the big one where they all would dress up so that they would have the same costumes Maybe. with their armies and stuff. Because I remember people getting together and be like, what, like it just just in like in like cosplay or whatever right cosplay or costumes mm-hmm. or, or just like all in Hawaiian shirts or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's fun, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I I would want to do that. Not nah, that'd be fun to do if you had the time. But we're just you, spending so you, much time. You have sis, sisters of battle. You're imitating sisters of battle. That'd be kind of weird. Anyway, ah, I, uh, it just takes too much effort. 
it'd be so much money. Yeah. And I'm not even that into, into cosplay. Sisters of Battle or cosplay. No. So Yeah. All right. Well, I think we could have talked about our second stuff. We went on long enough about the stuff we actually care about. So Yeah. Well, that's just one thing, and it is gonna be super cool, so mm-hmm. and do you think oh no, you're gonna you're gonna show up with a with another army, a well a nicely painted army for Arena Rex. So I might not have the best painted stuff at Arena Rex anymore. Yeah, if you listen to what I said at the beginning <laughs> of this recording, I have to paint a measure every 1.8 days. And uh, you can ask what the quality is. If you spend like. all of the 1.8 day on painting the model, you can do it, and it would look awesome. That's a lot of job. hours. It's like 20 hours per model. Got it. Quit my job. There we go. All right, next question. <laughs> all right. So on the note of painting this Infinity Army, I have gone and bought bases made by Corvus Belly for this army, which happen to have modeled in lines for the arcs, which some game makers include those, some don't. Just wondering if you think those are a good thing to have them modeled onto the base, like the arcs modeled to the base, or you don't like it? Thanks first question later. One minute. Very, very easy. Uh, no, I don't like it. I literally cut off the the things. Uh, but although technically it's... I'm okay with it a little bit. Uh, but they're way too thick. So what I want is just a thin line. Mm, right? Okay. So if they had a thin line so it wasn't that noticeable, I would, I would actually kind of like it for certain games. But overall, I'd like... You know what, actually, you know what? If it was just a thin line exactly like how I wanted it, I would probably welcome it. Okay. So from my perspective, actually using them, so these are not just regular blank bases. These are fully textured bases, if I didn't mention that. And it's been mm-hmm. a giant pain in the ass because you have to point the guy in the right direction. When Normally when you have a fully textured base, you just want to point the miniatures so they look cool with the stuff on the base or so their foot actually fits yeah. where some like gribble isn't. And now I have to deal with this problem that the guy's feet won't fit because there's like all this junk and you still want them to be facing the right direction. So I've been having to yeah, pick the bases by where by just where the guy's feet will fit, not by if I actually think it looks good together uh, or anything else. It's like, where this guy's foot? I cut some off. Cutting just off like, one? Yeah, but then I had to model it back on because all the bases have these arcs on them. So I had to model <laughs> arcs back onto another base. Cause I, well, actually, That's I awesome. Actually, I fucked it up and just glued some stuff to it that I shouldn't have. And anyway, that's <laughs> it's been a pain. I don't just after having using fully modeled bases yeah. with arcs on them, it's just been painful. So I, I agree. I would rather, in general, re- re- would rather not have it. So yeah, but we only have one minute, so I can't go on. That's that. All right, next question. All right, so this one is more about uh, skirmish games and fluff. I think we've been talking a lot about uh, fluff because, you know, we're doing our game and we're trying to fill that fluff out for our game, so the storylines and everything like that. Um, What do you think makes a skirmish world exciting? So the fluff for a skirmish game. Three minutes, which I believe is the last one. Okay... So I think because of the scale of a skirmish game, like when you have a big, to say what it is, in like 40K, they talk about like these massive battles of whatever where they brought all these hundreds of like Titans and all these ships made landing and all that. That's like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. These You talk about the giant ships involved. But when you get down to a skirmish game, 
the stories behind it that I think are cooler are the ones where it talks about like actual characters in the world and where they plan some sort of like espionage thing and like the other character on the other side who is like trying to counter it just yeah the scale it just works for that and you get the feeling like that's what you're doing as the commander of the battle like their story of how they come up with this crazy thing to do that's now you guiding your force you're not them but you're like someone else in their role that's how i kind of feel like really really brings you in for that type of love yeah, I think I, I guess you're, you're you're right when you're looking at the kind of stories in our popular culture with a team of guys. Definitely heists are super popular, right? Yeah. So having heist-like stories where people are trying to go and do something or spec ops, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the right size, are the type of interesting stories that that evoke what you're trying to play out on on the actual battlefield. When they start doing I'm not sure about the whole mercenary companies walking around. Maybe it's because I never read the popular fantasy books about black company and things like that, but it just didn't really hit me as much. So to me, I guess for a fantasy kind of story, something like Lord of the Rings, where you have like a a traveling band, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're going and trying to achieve something. But like the traveling band is basically a fantasy spec ops team, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they have different like specialties yeah. exactly it's, it's like a spec ops team for back in the back in their fantasy world where they're they're on the ultimate mission to drop off this ring into mordor right so mm-hmm. you kind of have the exact same kind of thing but then that's the question is like generally when you have those stories uh in in a world there, there's a couple of things you need for a skirmish first of all you need a bunch of these skirmish bands to fight Right. So how does that work? How does that end up working thematically and interestingly? Uh, like, you can, is it just two fellowships fighting or is there a greater arc like where where in science fiction it's, it's usually just like spec ops teams fighting, right? Two spies, basically, two groups of spies fighting it out right yep. underneath the ground and doing all this kind of stuff or two gangs. Right. Necromunda super popular. Mm-hmm. I guess gangs actually works for fantasy too. Maybe that's why Mordheim is really re- well loved. Yeah, because they're all under one rule, but they're kind of like break. They're all criminals breaking the rules. So you're like, yeah, yeah okay, you're a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. We get it. We're not. We're not. Yeah, why we're here. fighting over treasure or things like that. That's why mm-hmm. Frostgrave I feel like works. You're not technically a bad guy but you're all a bunch of selfish wizards willing to kill other wizards to get treasure you are grave robbers but you know whatever Uh, yeah grave robber actually is a really good one it's like a dnd-esque kind of thing but like you know indeed because you never really played dnd but in dnd considering how many people grave rob and Mm -hmm. and you, you you consider them fighting other other grave robbers more often but you kind of don't do that you're all just killing monsters and then you yep. guys go and like regale other guys on in the in the pub or, or the tavern whereas what if you are actually a grave robber and you're like willing to murder all of these things would you would you be against murdering you're, you're opposing other... the opposing grave robbers maybe maybe yeah. not Anyway. Maybe, maybe not. They did it in Lord in, in Indiana Jones, so mm-hmm. kind of. I guess they didn't actually. They just held them up at gunpoint and took their stuff. Yeah, well, Frostgrave's kind of fun because <laughs> when you're trying to rob the graves, the ghosts come back of the people you're trying to rob and are like, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. no deal. All right. 
All right. So that is the last question. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you have any questions that you want us to answer, why don't you give us a shout? You can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.